Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, your place to go for all things romance. Um novels which could help you in your personal life but we can't guarantee that i am jess and i am trisha and And i think it's nice that we are here in this uh first ever post mid-year uh quiz episode of when in romance yes yes and i have to say thanks to those of you who were like hey where are those uh maleficent ears i want to see them and uh, I posted them and you actually liked them. So I feel less ridiculous now. I feel like everyone was very much all in. Also, my mom thought you did a really nice job on the quiz, Jess. Oh, well. And I, even though I was like, well, no one else was playing. She was like, but still, I thought she did a very good job. Well, and so. Thank you, you know. to your mom. Thanks, Trisha's yeah. mom. Yeah. Um, but, oh, you, so apparently you uh, earning half a million points or so on the mid-year quiz means that you had a more successful mid-year episode than I did because, uh, quick follow-up note slash correction, someday we're going to get to like an episode where I don't have to do a quick correction. <laughs> so you might remember about a third of the way through last uh, week's episode or two weeks ago, we talked about how we have, you know gotten the request that we make sure we do the title of a book and the name of an author, you know, when we're talking about it. And then again, at the end, in case anybody's not listening, we were like, yeah, we're going to be super intentional about that. Make sure we do it. And then funny story, half an hour later in the same episode, I started talking about a book that I was really excited about that's coming out in 2018. (laughs) And not only did I not mention the title twice, I did not mention it at all. So (laughs) you might have heard me talking about a book by uh, Alexa Martin that I'm very excited about. uh, And I am. The book is called Intercepted. Once again, that's Intercepted by Alexa Martin. That is the one about the woman who is dating an NFL football player who turns out to be terrible. Side note, I have since been reading the book. He's very terrible. Uh, and actually, it, it it super works because then the new hero, who is also an NFL player on the same team, is like it's almost more satisfying that he is so great because the old boyfriend is awful. Uh-huh. Uh, again, intercepted by Alexa Martin. Uh, and so the new boyfriend, actually, I have a flag, uh, a note in about 100 pages in. There's a, a fancy party. Uh, and I have a note where it says, Gavin, who is the new hero, is a flawless superhero, and I am here for it. Oh, man. Uh, I'm picking that like, up soon. <laughs> like, obviously, he's going to mess up. Like, he's obviously, he's messed up a little bit. I'm mm. about 50 pages further in. And he's probably going to mess up more, but just the way that he is so much better than the previous boyfriend, it's just very satisfying. (laughs) Again, Intercepted by Alexa Martin is the book we're talking about right now, Uh, which I will mention now probably seven more times on this episode of the podcast (laughs) because I didn't mention it at all on the last one. Um, But anyway, so everybody be very excited about Intercepted 
by Alexa Martin. Um, it's great. It's actually, uh, like I said before, I was excited about the concept of it. Now I'm about a third of the way through and I'm excited about the actuality of it. Uh, and I apologize to all of you who are listening for not mentioning the title of the, it's like podcasting 101 if you are doing a book podcast to mention the title of the book. We accept that you were very excited about this book and you just I had to describe excited. it. Thank you. This is what, yeah, I appreciate that you take me as I am, Jess. I so appreciate that. Um, and Ale- uh, Intercepted by Alexa Martin. Watch for it. Uh, so anyway, now we've done that correction. We're actually going to talk later about uh, some of the books we didn't get to talk about. Um, so anyway, we will get to that. But in the meantime, should I talk a little bit about our first sponsor? You should. Why don't you do that? Uh, well, interesting story. Uh, this episode is bought, brought to you by Book Riot, uh, Book Riot's own Recommended, which is a podcast where we talk to interesting people about the books they love. Uh, so hopefully all of you have already found the Recommended podcast, but if you haven't, check it out. Each 20-minute episode features two interviews with guests from the book world. Each are discussing an all-time favorite book, uh, whether it's a best-selling author, an editor from behind the scenes, or an industry insider, they've all got a book to recommend. Season one is available in full, and season two is airing right now. Sweet. Past guests, yeah, I know, right? Past guests include uh, National Book Foundation Executive Director Lisa Lucas, Salam Reads Editor Zareen Jeffrey, and authors including Attica Locke, Lee Bardugo, Jasmine Ward, Alexander Chi, James McBride, and Joe Hill, and Tessa Dare from the romance world. Plus, uh, we've got Sarah Wendell did one, and you might have, um, if you are a subscriber to the One in Romance podcast, first of all, Thank you for subscribing. Yes. And second of all, you might have heard us sneak into your podcast feed a couple of months ago. Uh, I was going to say earlier this year, but obviously it would be earlier this year because we've only been doing this this year Um, with uh, an episode of Recommended that features one of our favorite authors, Alicia Rye, Mm -hmm. talking about another of our favorite authors, Sonali Dev, who is going to become very important in this episode of When in Romance. So stay tuned. Um, But Alicia Rye was recommending A Distant Heart by Sonali Dev. and actually, there's a new episode, too, with Kat Sebastian, who we've talked about a lot as well. So there's a, a bunch of um, romance authors and romance recommendations, but there's a lot of just really great books and recommendations uh, throughout. And as one listener said, hearing the authors give such passionate book recommendations makes me want to read them all. The only competition is the recommended books. <laughs> so find out uh, which books have shaped the lives and careers of some of your favorite authors. You can subscribe to Recommended on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. So go check that out. Uh, It's a fun way to hear. I mean, like authors are book people too. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we kind of forget that about them. They love books as much as we do as readers. They sure do. Go find it. Um, Oh, and we are still doing our YA giveaway as well. Oh, actually, again, as we always say, We know that you listen to this podcast the day it comes out. Immediately. Uh, Exactly. Uh, Sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Just whatever you need to do to get access to it. Um, So we are still giving away until the 31st. So this podcast will come out, oh, my math is bad, Jess, the 30th? I believe so, yes. Let's say the 30th. If that's a Monday, then the 30th. (laughs) Otherwise, whatever the Monday that is closest to the 30th is. Um, (laughs) 
because we are recording on July 26th. So uh, we have our YA giveaway. We're giving away $500 worth of the year's best YA fiction and nonfiction, selected by the lovely, wonderful Kelly Jensen, um, who I actually just did a remix podcast with yesterday. She's great. Uh, she's a former YA librarian and a current book riot YA expert. So um, there's a full list online. It ends July 31st. All you have to do is go to Book Riot slash YA Giveaway to enter. There's a bunch of fantastic titles. I don't read a ton of YA, but I've heard some wonderful things about these books. And actually, The Poet X, uh, a good friend of mine has recommended. Um, Dread Nation, a bunch of my friends have recommended. Leah on the Offbeat. Like, there's just some some fantastic titles. Mm -hmm. So, oh, Children of Blood and Bone. Yeah, so everybody, go sign up. Get some free books. Yeah. I mean, free books, right? Yeah. Awesome. So now that we have talked about how great Book Riot is, because <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, yeah. And told everybody to go sign up for free, cool stuff from Book Riot. <laughs> Shall we talk about uh, maybe do- start to dive in a little bit to our agenda for the week, Jess? Let's do that. And why don't we start? Well, there's this overarching thing about last week, and that was RWA, um, which oh, yes. was the Romance Writers of America conference, their annual conference. They had it in Denver. Um, I probably should have at least tried to go because um, Denver is a little less expensive for me in Arizona than trying to go next year would be sadness. But anyway, so... Yeah, because I think next year is like New York City, right? I think so. And Yeah, someplace very far. I'm, I'm very happy for those of you who can go to New York City next year. Um, it'll be exciting. Uh, but anyway, so RWA, it sounds like it was fantastic um and uh, the not culminating but one of the highlights of the conference was the thursday uh rita and golden heart awards um the rita is the biggest award in romance especially now that the rt uh critics choice Reviewer's Choice. Reviewer's Choice um, is no longer happening after the one that was for this year. Um, And, you know, there were some awards given and some speeches made and lots of things happened. (laughs) Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So let's start with the awards because I think that'll be the shorter part of this conversation. (laughs) It will. And and I think for kind of an interesting reason. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the award winners um, and realized that I have actually only read one of those books. Um, That book happened to be one of my favorite books of last year. Um, But I was, I'm always surprised when I come across a list of books that are are pretty much in my wheelhouse and I haven't touched them at all. And I have to wonder why about that. So the, um, the award for best new book or best first book, new book. They're all new. What am I doing? Um, the best first book. Best right. first yeah. book. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was for Take the Lead by Alexis Staria, um, which drew me in immediately because I love the movie Take the Lead. So when I saw that cover, whatever point last year that it was on NetGalley or something. And I was like, I need to read that because it's obviously a dance book and who doesn't love a dance book, right? Sure. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, 
laughed and cried and hugged it. Well, I hugged my iPad. Um, but anyway, so that was the one book that I had read in the long list of winners this year. And um, it just sort of made me think about why that was. And I don't actually know. Um, what do you think, Trisha? Well, so we talked about this a little bit when the nominations came out about the fact that we were f- pretty unfamiliar with the list. And it's worth noting in case, I mean, it's hard to imagine that anyone doesn't listen to every single episode of When in Romance, but in case they don't, um, we did, we have talked a couple of times about the fact that this list uh, could have and should have been more inclusive. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things that got left off um, and people do have to submit and nominate themselves and pay the submission fee. And uh, so there was a lot of criticism when the list first came out about the fact that there were zero um, black uh, authors Mm -hmm. nominated for Rita Awards this year. And so, you know, it's, it's a very specific subset of romance. Um, And so, you know, it's actually, there were a couple, uh, Priscilla Oliveras was another um, uh, Latinx author who was nominated actually in the same category Mm -hmm. for best first book. And I think both her and Alexis Daria were nominated in another category together, maybe contemporary romance. I believe it was Um, contemporary. Yeah. Um, Yeah. um, Alexis Daria was uh, in contemporary long and Priscilla Oliveras was uh, mid-length. So at any rate, a a point being um, this could have and should have been a, a more inclusive list. So that, We've, we've talked about that and that's, I don't, I don't mean to set that conversation aside, but, um, so that we don't get too, too caught up in it again. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully we're trending in the right direction, but so we did say both you and I try to read broadly. Mm -hmm. And so we had not read a tremendous number of these books. Actually, the only winner that I had read, uh, was one, um, Oh, and now my computer, ironically, was one that was the, uh, I think it's called Mainstream Fiction. Oh, there it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mainstream Fiction with Central Romance, which is Now That You Mention It by Kristen Higgins, Mm -hmm. which was actually one of my favorite books of the last year. Um, Kristen Higgins is a longtime romance author who uh, has trended toward women's fiction in Mm -hmm. the last few years. Uh, Now that you mention it is great. I actually really, really like and have bought for multiple people her book on Second Thought, Mm -hmm. which is another um, women's fiction. She's a really good writer for women's fiction because so much of of her storytelling is based in sort of families and extended networks of people as opposed to one central couple. Mm. Um, And she's also a great author. If you are someone who is not as excited about sex scenes, her books don't have them. She uh, did an interview, I think with Sarah Wendell um, on a podcast that she kind of just said, I'm not good at writing sex scenes, so I don't include them. Uh, And so her, um, as she's moving more towards women's fiction, um, and she actually has a new book coming out. I can't think of what it's called, but next month, within the next couple of weeks, actually, mm-hmm. that's even more on the. And I hate that term, women's. Like, I'm going to call it contemporary fiction. She has a, a contemporary fiction book uh, <laughs> coming out that is even less, I think, in the romance realm. And so I like her a lot. But one of the things that I noticed that I mentioned to you is that there are a couple of authors on this list of winners. Um, and I think even of finalists who I have read 
one book by that I really, really liked. Mm -hmm. And then, so for example, Kelly Bowen won for Between the Devil and the Duke. And I read her book, Duke of My Heart. And I remember thinking it was exceptionally good. And if the other books in that series had been out at that time, I would have torn through them, Mm -hmm. but they weren't out yet. And so I couldn't read them yet. And then I just... Moved on. When the new ones came out, I had moved on. Mm -hmm. And the same is true, actually, of an author named Abigail Strom, um, who writes with Montlake Romance. She's actually, I hate to say this, she might be the only Montlake Romance, which is the Amazon romance imprint. She might be the only author in that imprint that I've ever really connected with and gotten really excited about. Um, She wrote a book called Almost Like Love that I remember feeling the same way about, that if there had been more books in that series available, I would have been really excited and torn through it and there weren't and so I didn't and so I think I actually even own Tell Me because I remember seeing her name and seeing it come out which is the winner of the contemporary romance mid-length. I think I own it too actually because like I you know I I look through a lot of the Amazon deals for kissing books and Mm -hmm. that one kept coming up and I kept reading the description and thinking this sounds great and I probably bought it at some point and just haven't gotten around to reading it yet. Um, yeah, which is another another issue with a lot of these books. Like sometimes I have to pick and choose what my front list books are going to be because um, I'm trying to catch up on the backlist stuff. Um, and I think that's what happened with The Fixer, too, because I have like six Helen K. Demon books that I just haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. And I actually have a. I think. Yeah, I think I have that book that's and it's. It's so, like, there's a K.J. Charles book in here, and um, I think K.J. Charles wrote Think of England, I think. Mm -hmm. And I loved Think of England, and I haven't read anything else by her. Um, I actually, I won't mention it because it it doesn't matter. There's a book on here, actually, that I did read that's in the finalist list that I was not excited about. (laughs) Uh, It didn't win. Um, And so, but, you know, like, it is an interesting sort of a flexion in Pintip Dunn is another author. Um, I'm almost sure I read something by her and really liked it and then have not picked up anything. There's just so many books. Mm-hmm. It can, which is, it's like we talked about last time. It's an embarrassment of riches, right? right. We, have such tar- we have such tight diamond shoes. Um, and uh, it's, so it's really hard to sort out what you're going to read and how. Um, and, and I have actually never read anything by like Tiffany Reese. Um, who supposedly is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I haven't read anything by her. I'm sure she's great. I don't know. Um, Sarah McLean is on this list. Like, there are a bunch of people who are fantastic and on this list, but it's just the reality that you're never going to get to everything. Yep. I mean, that's romance for you, really. Like, you can try really hard and only, like, barely dip your finger in the surface because it's a $2 million industry and, uh, like, 100 books are published every week in romance alone, right? Something like that. So So we're just going to have to like do our best and try to read all the, maybe just quit our jobs, read romance all the time and, you know, see how it goes. I mean, that would be the life. I'm not saying that wouldn't be the life, but. (laughs) (sighs) But health insurance might also be important. Yeah, just a little bit. If there's someone who would like to sponsor us, to just have oh, yeah. have that job and also pay for our benefits, like mm-hmm. we're totally up for it. Just let us know. Hundred percent in. Yep. Hundred percent in. Yep. Yeah. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, the winners were maybe 
not the most talked about part of the Rita Awards. No, no, they were not. The you want, yeah, you want to tell people what was? So I I happen to be like out for dinner or something Thursday, but you know I I get like notifications when a lot of people like a tweet. Or just, you know, wander on Twitter when I'm waiting for the check or something. And I knew something big had happened because people were just like saying half words on Twitter and using the RWA18 hashtag. And I was like, what is going on? And then people started using the name Suzanne Brockman. And I was like... So what? what's she doing? Is it, is it bad? Is it good? What's happening? And then people started quoting her. And since I wasn't at home, I couldn't watch the live stream. Trisha, did you watch the live stream? No, I, uh, to be honest, because oftentimes the Rita Awards are very boring. I forgot about it and didn't <laughs> watch it. If I had known, this is two years in a row that, fi- like, because um, Beverly Jenkins' a speech last year was also incredible. Uh-huh. But before that, the Rita Awards have always been very boring. So, yeah. like, now I'm going to have to actually set a, a reminder. They're doing um, that on purpose so they get more yeah. people to watch the last stream. Yeah, but there was a live stream and um, apparently it was uh, exceptional. So, sorry, continue. So, Suzanne Brockman, um, who is yet another author who I have read one of and then didn't come back because, A, there are so many troubleshooters books, and B, I I just I didn't get back there, um, is amazing. Yeah, so I think, too, part of the reason that I haven't read her stuff I don't know if this is true for you, Jess, is that she's been writing, as she said in her... So she was awarded the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes, yeah, so let's um, start at the at, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> she was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award. And actually, um, uh, for Book Riot, Sarah Nichols wrote all of the Rita stuff up, and so we'll, we'll certainly link to her piece. Um, so um, Suzanne Brockman was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award, and... She's been writing, as she said in her speech, since I think 1992. Something like and that. Yeah. I, this is terrible. I tend to, with the exception of people like Beverly Jenkins, I tend to be a little bit dismissive of writers who have been writing that long, actually for a lot of the reasons that, and, and you can talk more about this, but a lot of the reasons that Suzanne Brockman talked about in her speech, mm-hmm. but- which are that the romance genre was not super inclusive at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and her speech is relatively long. Um, if you do not like watching speeches, we can link to the transcript, which she tweeted out. Um, and the video just went up today. So I actually ended up, um, I hadn't read the transcript yet until this evening and I ended up watching the video there. So there's about a 10 minute introduction from her son, which is actually really, really moving. And I would recommend watching. Uh, and then there's about a 15 or so minute speech from her. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of depending, it's just, it's all about, um, the, the, the transcript that she posted also has the remarks from her son. So whichever way you prefer to intake things, I, either one is great. We'll make sure to link to both. Um, Right. But yeah, I don't, is there, I don't even know how to explain that speech. (laughs) Basic, let's start with the essentials. Suzanne Brockman came for RWA last week. We're, well, a week and a half ago, if you're listening to this on Monday. Um, Last week, if, if you're Trisha and me, because we're recording on Thursday. Um, 
she her she um has been writing like trisha said for decades um and also has a son who is gay um and thought i want to include someone like my son in my books that might not have been how she started the concept of including a gay character in her books but that was definitely something that she thought about when she decided to include a gay character in her books and in the 90s her publishers told her people will write to us they'll be angry because they don't want to see gay people in their romances this wasn't as even, secondary characters not even a main character a secondary character um an adorable gay sheriff as she says in her speech and like i know i was very young in the 90s but just thinking about that is so baffling like to think about your readers being upset because there was a character in your book who was not the central character who maybe liked to be attracted to someone of the same sex i'm i'm baffled by that in in general and like the publishers saying we can't do this because this is this these are the people that we sell to yeah. i so anyway moving on she wanted to say something but like what could she do she was a young mother and uh, trying to sell a book trying to sell more books and being told by her editor and frankly probably rightfully so that if she didn't uh like that no other editor would publish this either right that no other publisher would take on a even secondary gay character and so you know as she full-on says uh she had to make the decision to feed her kid or not Mm -hmm. so she made the decision to feed him um but you're right in that she absolutely came for rwa in that she talks about so that was 92 she talks she kind of fast forwards a little bit and talks about um in 2008 she was asked to i think it was mc the rita awards Mm -hmm. and she was asked uh as she said can i do a statement at the beginning and she had just released um i think it was hot target was the book that uh was the one who that was um two male male characters who it was a male male romance mm-hmm. uh, and that she dedicated to her son um and he talks about it and uh she you know talks about him and the fact that he's gay and the dedication and so she wanted to and it was a best selling hardcover romance and she, she wanted to talk a little bit about how important that was to her mm-hmm. in her speech. And she even says in her speech, she says, RWA, you were an obstacle. Like there were all of these obstacles, including you. Mm-hmm. You stood in the way of this. And it was really interesting to me. I don't know if you noticed this, the way that she, as obviously a member of RWA, mm-hmm. uh, mostly referred to it in the second person. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like there were places later on when she was talking about the racism involved uh, in RWA where she kind of switched into um, the first person. 
But oftentimes she was talking about RWA as an organization in the second person, which I thought was really interesting. And it made me wonder, and I actually just watched the speech this afternoon um, Mm because that's, um, again, we're recording on the 26th and that's when it went up. Uh, We'll link to it in the show notes. But um, so I haven't had time to do the research. I don't know that Suzanne Brockman has ever been on the board of RWA or has ever been in a leadership role. Um, And if not, I feel like maybe there's you know, some room to kind of say like, yeah, your speech was amazing, but also you have to do both things, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to also be a part of that change. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, that that might be the public servant in me, right? That gets really <laughs> tired of people saying like, hey, everybody needs to like do better. And like people who work in government and bureaucracy are the worst and whatever. And there's the part of me that says kind of, yeah, okay, but also what are you doing? Like, what is your solution? I don't really want to hear about it. Um, so like I said, the speech was amazing. It's fantastic. Um, and certainly I think it's very, very brave to um, call people out. It's really, really moving the fact that she was so interested in standing up for her son and for other people. Cause she did, she did say she's talking about, uh, you know, um, people who had stood in the way of things. And she said, and yeah, I'm talking to you, white, able-bodied, straight, and cis, allegedly Christian women, um, you know, and don't at me because 53% of white women voted for what we are going through right now. Mm -hmm. And so it was certainly a political speech. She very much claimed it as a political speech. Um, So there's absolutely a lot of good in it. But I did... I will say I did notice the fact that she used the second person throughout most of that speech. Yeah. And, you know, it's I'm hoping that the second person is more talking to the people in the room and she's thinking in we's as far as the things to do better. Because we can all do better, right? Like, even as a woman of color, like, I acknowledge the the patriarchal and institutional racist methods that a lot of things happen in the world. And I try to make sure that I am not utilizing to my benefit, or if I am, then I am acknowledging that and know how to make it better in the future. So let's, I hate the, let's assume, uh, good intent because we shouldn't always assume good intent. I actually just read an article about that, um, at work because we're working on, that whole breakdown thing in my work life. Um, But anyway, so let's hope that at least in her case, this is something that she is working on beyond coming for people who might not be working on it. And we know that some people were not even making an attempt to work on it because they either walked out of the room or showed their entire behinds using the hashtag and we now know who they are and can decide whether we want to support them or not. Yeah. So there were a lot of folks, um, who, uh, come not, I mean, I've seen, I think, uh, three or four at this point, Mm -hmm. uh, romance authors who went on Twitter and complained about the political content of Suzanne Brockman's speech. And one of them actually, I think did it in a tweet to someone on Fox news, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm. Um, so, there certainly have been people who um, have been objecting to it. It probably is as a result of who I follow and 
I'm interested in on social media that they've mostly gotten completely dragged uh, for all of those reactions. <laughs> yes. So yes, they have. People it's are like, beautiful. okay, cool. <laughs> and like, I, I, you know, and that's the thing, Jess, like there have been some, I, I feel like romance has changed so much. And that's why I hadn't really thought that much about Suzanne Brockman because it's, it's not impossible that people shift and change and are different, but I just don't think that much about people who have been writing romance for 25 years because, and this is my own bias and I am absolutely guilty of it. Mm-hmm. It didn't occur to me that someone could be writing so progressively in this genre and have still been doing it for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a white woman, right? Like, yeah. Writing, um, Navy seal romantic suspense. Like I, mm-hmm. I know that that like any, any, subgenre of romance can have um opportunities to be progressive but like for some reason almost all romantic suspense in my head is sort of the like macho semi not masochistic but featuring characters that I don't always want to read about and that is totally my own bias right like the same way you have like the long progress I have the I have enough military people in my life. I don't want to read about them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like this this is helping me to think about where I have narrowed my vision um, and whose voices I haven't brought to my table, um, which is actually from a different speech, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm actually even happy to transition over. I... And I, um, like I said, I am not trying to, because uh, for credit where it's due, Suzanne Brockman, in addition to writing a diverse, you know, catalog of characters, um, has also donated a tremendous amount of money to things like marriage equality in Massachusetts and has done a lot of things. Um, I think the, I think the um, you versus we thing mm-hmm. stuck with me because it is so much more interesting and frankly so much more fun to go into a room and yell at people and get people fired up (laughs) and get to say what you want for 15 minutes than it is to offer to join the board of something (laughs) and try to fix it yeah right like one thing is way more fun than the other Mm -hmm. and and i'm not saying what she did is easy by any stretch because there is absolutely an element of courage involved in what she did. Mm -hmm. But also there are people that actually have to try to do that work. And, you know, for, um, there are RWA board members who are really working hard to make change also. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like we should also make sure that they are, uh, getting credit where it's due. Yes. Speaking of which, one of the people who tried to give that credit uh, is Sonali Dev. She, at the beginning of her speech, uh, called it out and t- patted on the back the RWA board for uh, their work at the conference. She did, and that was the beginning of a heck of a speech, I'll tell you. Um, if you are not aware, there is an event... Um, I think on the last day of RWA um, for librarians, like specifically for librarians and other people can come too, but it's more speaking to them and how they can 
um, help support the romance genre. That's um, when um, specific librarians are recognized. Like it's a really great day for librarians, and um, it's and it's a, an important time because that's when you've got them all in one space, and you can give them some uh, wisdom. So Sonali Dev. Uh, was invited to speak at the luncheon this year and she was just like in awe that she was invited right it was it was so adorable um but then she got down to it and it was awe-inspiring to listen to um and you can listen to it there isn't a transcript like there is for um Suzanne Brockman's yet um, or at all. I can't say yet because I don't know if there will be one, but RWA has posted it um, on their social media. You can go to SoundCloud and find it. It's a little longer than um, Suzanne Brockman's, but it is well worth sitting down to listen to. You can just like walk around with your phone or whatever you want to do. Um, same way you listen or you to can us. Do it. <laughs> yeah, you can do what I did, which is uh, listen to it on your walk home. It's about 25 minutes, which is about the same amount of time as my walk home. And not realize that the last 10 minutes of it will make you cry. And then people that are passing you on the streets of D.C. will think that you are very upset about the traffic. Uh, or the other pedestrians. I don't know. I don't really <laughs> know what people thought I was thinking about as I was walking. Um, but we will absolutely link to that in the show notes as well. So you'll have an easy link to it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, um, for me, Jess, I don't know about you. I actually, everyone has been talking about this Suzanne Brockman speech for the last week or so, which again, very, very much worth talking about. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know about the Snally Dove speech until probably today, um, which is when it went up on SoundCloud. This one for me was, I think even maybe more impactful in a lot of ways. It was definitely really, really impactful. And it, it might have just been because I listened to it, whereas I read the transcript of Susan Brockman's speech. So it was kind of like there in the moment. And then I sort of left it behind thinking about it when, you know, it came up. But like Sonali Dove's words will sit with me much longer. And I'll tell you. I was sitting here listening and writing things down. I didn't highlight or copy and paste anything from Susan Brockman's speech, but there are so many things that I just wanted to keep with me from Sonali Dev's speech um, that I think will stick with me um, for a bit longer, I think. Yeah, so definitely more impactful. Yeah, she talks a lot about... Um labels and voices and who we um, assign labels to and who we allow voices to and for what purpose. And she uses some really personal anecdotes that resonate a lot and then kind of returns in a really brilliant way. Um, she returns back to that resonance mm -hmm. because she sort of says, she tells the story about uh, her going with her father to get his haircut and um, you should listen to it because I won't do it 
10% of the justice that it deserves. But she <laughs> um, tells a story about going with her father, father to get his hair cut. And uh, her, <laughs> the barber starts to tell a story. And she interrupts him as a little girl and starts telling him actually all of the amazing things. The barber, she starts telling the barber all these amazing things that her father has done for like a full half an hour. And at the end, like she gets labeled a chatterbox. And she talks um, about late, she talks later in her speech about um, how stories by women of color, uh, who Sonali Dove is a woman of color. She says, you know, these we're told that these stories don't resonate with other women, but I know that you all have been labeled this way. Mm. And I absolutely was labeled that way uh, as a kid. And she, you know, she talks about, you know, just the way that these, so many of these stories are universal. Mm-hmm. And she talks just, I mean, it's just a, it's both a searing indictment of the way that we allow people to speak and allow their voices to be heard, but also it's incredibly hopeful Mm -hmm. because there's a couple of points in her speech where she talks about how quickly things can change, Mm -hmm. which is just the combination of those two things. Cause you're right. It's about, it's, it's longer in that it's about a 25 minute speech. It did not feel that long to me. No. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, I, I saved it, uh, on my bookmarks just cause it's such, and she actually gets very emotional towards, um, the last third or so of it, which is part of the reason that I got very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just astonishingly good. It's so beautifully done. And also it's such a gut punch. It's, it's really, really beautiful. It really is like the first thing I wrote down because I, you know, I was sitting there listening and it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is a great story about her youth and her, her, um, like her growing up and her family and all of this. And then I heard the word unrelatableness and I just had to write it down immediately because it was like, that is such a big, important word when it comes to people talking about why certain voices don't matter. I can't relate to this. Mm-hmm. And it's, but you can relate to people who fly spaceships across the universe and get in fights with angrier people who also fly spaceships across the universe or vampires and <laughs> werewolves and yeah yeah you know, yeah yeah um and and uh, you know that's another thing that it, you know it actually kind of ties into um you know Suzanne Brockman's speech in a way because she talks about the same thing that you know there was always room in her world of that she was writing about for for her son and mm-hmm. for people like him who we're gay and we're um, looking for their own lives and their own love. And, and I think that is, uh, I think it's just really, there's something, uh, and I, you may have written the quote down at one point early on in her speech, Sonali Dove thanks the um, RWA board for putting on what is, I think uh, she said genre changing, or she indicates in some way that this RWA was and is, setting the conference and the organization on a different track than it has ever been. Yes. Yes. I remember that, but I don't remember the exact quote. Yeah. Um, so you guys will just all have to listen to it and find out. Um, but it's, I think, I think that's the fact that there is this sort of underlying, despite the fact that she full on mentions that she's calling people out Mm -hmm. and that she does end up in tears and that everyone listening to it ends up in tears and whatever. It is just such a really, 
lovely, hopeful speech in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I, I will have to listen to it again just because it's, it's just really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so like the, there are fra- like phrases and full sentences littered across my notebook. Like I wanted to be orderly, but I just had to keep adding things. And when I ran out of space, I added things in the margins. It's like I could have turned the page, but I like kind of keeping it all in one place. Yeah. So I can just look at things like familiar and narrow narratives, like, and being called out for like telling a group of librarians, I know that you didn't join your profession because you loved familiar and narrow narratives. Like, goodness gracious. I like, we're both speechless. I mean, we've talked a lot about it, but like, there's so much that could be said, but it's almost better just listening to her say it. Yeah. So everybody go listen to it. And then, um, as Alicia Rye would tell you, and of course we defer to the brilliance of Alicia Rye, go get A Distant Heart by Sonali Dove. Um, I personally, I think my favorite Sonali Dove might still be A Bollywood Affair, which is, I don't know if it's her first, it's my first by her. I think it might actually be her first as well. It's her but first, honestly, yeah. It's Sonali Dove. You can't go wrong. Like, just go and get a book by Sonali Dev and read it and be astonished by it. Yeah, just just like start and keep going. Like you'll be incredibly incredibly sad when you're done because there are only four. Uh. Yeah. She has an extraordinary way with words. So, and then just go listen to the uh Rita speech again. So, or our way whatever it was. Just yeah. yeah. So that is that's our take home advice, I think. Yeah, yeah, just listen to everything she's ever done. <laughs> wonderful good advice because we love Uh, storytellers right like she is an amazing storyteller yeah in any situation so love storytellers um speaking of storytellers would you like to tell us uh a story about our second sponsor this week i sure would who is also a storyteller Okay, that was a stretch. I know. I know, guys. It's hard to transition out of a speech like Sonali Dove's. I know. We're doing like, our best. It, Everyone is doing their best. It's like, how long has it been? And we're just getting to the second part of our discussion. Um, so we would like to thank uh, Ignite by Angel Payne. Um, life is beyond different when a girl is in love with a superhero. And tell me about it. Right. And Emelina Christ is basking in every passionate, supercharged second of the dream. But lightning bolts and power pulses can't replace the trust she and Reese need to survive as a couple, a bond that's challenged when a significant secret is withheld. Oh, man. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. When a night of celebration goes horrifyingly awry, disaster strikes. Reese has to chase down the people who have taken his woman and ripped out his heart. But saving Emma also means reliving the hell of his past. Oh, man. So There's just like a lot of secrets in this. There's a lot of secrets. So we've got a sexy superhero named Reese Richards. I mean, that Which right is there. Like the, that's amazing. That is an amazing name. Um, Although Emelina Christ is also a great name. That is a great name. Uh, it is the second volume in a six-volume series. So you've got a lot of story to read. Um, and it's like a super action-packed romance featuring a superhero. 
Who doesn't want that? Like, I love romances with superheroes in them, and I rarely actually read them, which is shameful because I love superheroes. So why don't I do that? I'll be checking this one out and probably anything else by Angel Payne because I'm hoping that there are more superheroes. Well, and I really kind of appreciate that this is... So I kind of looked into this a little bit. It is. It almost sounded like it was going to be a graphic novel that had multiple parts, but it's not. Like, it's a actual novel, mm-hmm. but there are still multiple parts. I appreciate the smaller parts in a volume like it just makes me feel more productive when I can read like three parts in one volume uh so I don't know I'm on board with that it makes me feel like like multiple novellas in one set I think it's great yeah that is cool it's sort of like the comics medium but in novel form exactly (laughs) um which is perfect for a superhero book yeah plus romance done and done and done so if you're interested in more about that um, you can check out Angel Payne um, at um, on social media at either Angel Payne uh, Writer on Instagram, uh, P A Y N E, uh, Angel Payne W R T R on Twitter. Looks like uh, they got uh, the same kind of issue I got with Instagram with that whole hmm. somebody having the thing we wanted. Somebody has your name already. Yeah. <laughs> And also on Facebook, uh, the author page, facebook.com slash author Angel Payne, and the passion fan page, facebook.com slash groups slash Payne Passion. Ooh. Um, okay. So Come there's back. a lot of options. There's a lot of options. We will link uh, to them in the show notes. And once again, thank you to Ignite by Angel Payne. Look, I even did it for the book. You did you did so many mentions of uh, that book and author, Jess. Good job. As I might have done for Intercepted, um, but I did not do uh, for Intercepted by Alexa Martin last week. But you know. That's fine. Everyone is doing their best. That's fine. Yes. That's all we can do. Yeah. Um, but yes, I am actually, I still have the Amazon um, link to Ignite by Angel Payne open in my link because I kind of want to read all of those books (laughs) a little at a time to feel very productive that's always that's the best way to do it yeah and you're right we're like many stories like we're only two stories or whatever into the episode the thing that's weird about our next story though is that it is super anticlimactic so cocky gate is over everyone that's it (laughs) like it's now done. Remember all of those minutes of the podcast that we spent talking about Cockygate? It's done now. It's, it's, it's over. People have said, you know, no more. That's it. Oh, well. Um, but the, the, um, the cases, well, the, the one particular case um, with Tara Crescent and a few other people um, has been dismissed. And the um, the actual trademark, um, has, there's been a submission of cancellation. So, yeah, I think they might have withdrawn it. As yeah, you, I don't. There might have been a dismissal, or they might have even just kind of settled, mm-hmm. and they withdrew the cocky trademark. Uh, they it was. I'm reading from uh, Kevin Nubbers, um, who we've me- mentioned a few times. I'm reading from his Twitter feed. We'll link to that um, in the show notes also. But this is from a couple of days ago, from July 24th, and he essentially says there's a 
final settlement settlement in the cocky case, which resolves this, the lawsuit and withdraws the trademark. And <laughs> to quote him, alpha males can be as cocky as they want. Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> and there it is. There like, it is. I, I mean, there isn't much more to talk about it. Um, we can we can discuss how the the initial um, sort of combination of cease and desist letters and lawsuits and the actual trademark application sort of rippled out into non romance landia, um, which is probably one of the reasons it escalated so so far. Right? It's because. Well, not the actual events, but like conversation about it escalated a lot because people started, you know, trying to trademark things like Dragon Hunter and. Yeah, there was one. Oh, man, now I can't remember what it was. There was one that was sort of more mystery Mm -hmm. and uh, thriller focused also. Like it wasn't, you know stabbed, but it was something like along those lines in the same way that cocky is bizarre it was also very bizarre. It's very bizarre. I mean, we all acknowledge that writing is sort of this universal thing where we share a common language and we accept that not everybody has an original idea. <laughs> not yeah. everybody has original words. Like, cocky, cocky is the word for cocky. If you yeah. want to use that word we we agree that you can use that word so it's it's all confusing and maybe we should just like put it to bed and move on um yeah i think too it's a good reminder that we don't live in law and order yeah right like sometimes actually lawsuits and actually frankly most of the time probably lawsuits end with a whimper and not with a bang as this one did it's sort of a it was settled and withdrawn and then there was a, a twitter thread about it and, and that's it everyone moved on with their lives i think you're right though i think hopefully the longer term implication of this is that people see that nothing happened and the trademark was withdrawn and now nobody else tries to pull this kind of garbage in any genre mm-hmm. uh but actually major podcast high five to the romance genre for fighting it and trying to protect the other genres from it. Because yeah. as we've said a couple of times, people were not probably paying as much attention to this as they should have um, mm-hmm. in other places. Uh, but whatever, you know, it, it seems to have come to, as I called it in our, uh, we emailed back and forth about the show before we record it. It's unglorious conclusion <laughs> of, <laughs> Just sort of being done now. Yes, we're done. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Literally, Aww. I bought the t-shirt. <laughs> did you really? Was there a t-shirt? I did. It said, I survived Cocky Gate 2018. Um, and it was... Oh my God, that's amazing. It was a, a really short-lived um, T-Spirit or one of those where any proceeds went to um, the legal fund. So... That was, I was like, sure, why not? It'll be a great workout shirt, and I'm supporting the legal fund in a very small way. I would wear that to 
the theater. Like that's <laughs> not a workout shirt. That's a, I would wear that to anything. That's amazing. <laughs> I might have to see if uh, I can find one of those on eBay. Mm. Or if not, I'll just make my own on Zazzle. That's fine. That's, that's good. That works too. Yeah. Totally. Oh, oh, do you think we can get Rebecca to do one for Book Riot? Hmm. We have Book Riot t-shirts. Everybody go to the Book Riot store, buy a bunch of stuff, and request the uh, I Survived Cockygate 2018 t-shirt, and we'll see if um, no one will ever tie it back to this podcast. I'm no. sure none of the editors ever listen to this podcast. No. I think it's fine. No, we're good. We're good. No one, yeah. no one will know. Uh, totally fine. <laughs> all right, cool. So we have that plan figured out. All right. Uh, so we didn't get to all of our rest of 2018 picks last time. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we're going to get to all of them this time either, but we can do at least a few more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely um, can. So should we, uh, should we give that a try? Sure. So I'm going to... So oh, first of all, let me say, I don't know if you guys know this, but my first recommendation from last time was Intercepted by Alexa Martin. <laughs> it's, a, it's a book about a football player and a woman who is dating a football player, but then moves on. Again, that's Intercepted by Alexa Martin. Uh, link is in the show notes. Alexa Martin wrote Intercepted. It's incredible. It's great. And that is the name of the book is Intercepted. <laughs> Who is it by? It's by Alexa Martin. It's called (laughs) Intercepted. So in case you don't know anything about book uh, podcasting, you should probably mention the name of the book when you talk about it. It's it's a good thing to do. Good thing to do. If you're 14 episodes in, maybe uh, not. Apparently it's not a thing you know when you're 13 episodes in, but when you're 14 episodes in, then you do know that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now that we've talked about Intercepted by Alexa Martin, do you have one, Jess, that you want to talk about? Well, one book I'm really excited about that I have not yet read, which is amazing. You're going to be really shocked that I haven't read this book, especially since I've had a copy of it for like three months, is A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole, who I magically did not mention at all last time. I don't know how that happened. Wait, where did you get a copy of that? Did they send it to you? I got it on one of the one of the online things. I don't oh, I don't have a physical copy. That would be amazing and magic and wonderful, especially if maybe it was signed. I'm not I'm just sending that into the ether of You know what? Dream big. Dream big. We're dreaming big um, this episode. I like that. But, you know, it was like I'm going to wait until closer to the release date and then I kept waiting until closer to the release date and guess what? By the time you're listening to this, it will be the day before the release date. And some people apparently already have copies because it's not a strict on sale book. So, just a heads up. Maybe ask at your bookstore. But anyway, um <laughs> so I'm really excited for A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole, um, which is the second book in um, the series that I can't remember the name of right now. (laughs) A Princess in in Theory was the first one. Is there an actual name to the series? It it does. It's it's, um, uh, something about... Okay, you talk about the book. I'll find the name of the series. Okay. And this is the second book in the series in which um, one of the supporting characters from the first one, Portia... Um, is in Scotland and meets a blacksmith who is also apparently a duke. And it just sounds all kinds of fascinating. Portia herself um, has ADHD, so she has to deal with that. And it's apparently a a really great um, depiction of that from what I've heard from the early reviews, and I'm really excited. And uh, Uh, Reluctant Royals, by the way. Reluctant Royals. 
So, yes, I am really looking forward to that. Also, I think this is going to be my first modern Duke book. Like, I read a lot of books with Duke in the title, because if you read historical romance at all, you read a lot of books with Duke in the title, even if you're trying not to. Um, But this is the first one that I can think of in which the Duke is a modern day Duke. So that's really exciting. So that is, once again, A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole, the second book in the Reluctant Royal series. I kind of feel like uh, you just did that repeat of the title, the author, and the series just to spite me a little bit. (laughs) But it might have also just been because you are good at podcasting, and that is what an actual good podcasting person does. So that's fine. Um, To be fair, when you remind me to do something, I'm going to try to do it really, really hard. (laughs) I mean, fair. Also, I don't know if you guys know this, but Intercepted by Alexa Martin is an amazing book. You should all read it. Another book that is coming out in 2018 that I am very excited about. We talked about Syncopation by Anna Zabo, but Counterpoint, also by Anna Zabo, is coming out this year. Um, I think it's September. Mm-hmm. I have the uh, copy. It's in the same situation. I have not read the um, um, advanced copy yet, but I'm very excited about it. Oh my this gosh, you a... have to read it. It's so good. Have you read it already? I read it like right when I finished Syncopation. I'm terrible. <laughs> oh, see, this is the thing that we were talking about earlier. It wasn't out yet when I read Syncopation. And so then I didn't, uh, okay, anyway, <laughs> you guys, you guys remember 30 minutes ago, or at this point it might have been an hour and a half ago. I don't know. We've been podcasting for a long time. Um, okay. So the thing that I'm very excited about, about this book is everything. Uh, specifically, there's like a secret identity element to this book. So, um, in case you don't remember the many conversations we've had about syncopation, uh, it's a band. So in the first book, the, the lead character and the it's the drummer, I think, mm-hmm. uh, get together. Mm-hmm. So in this book, um, the guitarist, the lead guitarist, who, when he is playing with the band, is this rock god Domino. But in his private life, he's actually a very sort of quiet, subdued Dominic. And he that is the version of him that is dating and trying to find people to become involved with in various ways. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, my understanding, and Jess knows more about this than I do, apparently. Uh, my understanding is that the person that he finds is not aware of his rock god persona, but he falls for somebody, and then actually, as always happens with secret identity romances, the person finds out accidentally before they're supposed to, and mm. it's a whole thing. Um, so anyway, uh, Anna Zabo just does a really great job with relationships mm-hmm. i you know they're just an exceptional writer for those that i mean relationship writing is is i think very very difficult it's one of the hardest things to do in romance mm-hmm. and um anna Zabo is just amazing at that and so uh i it means a lot to me as a reader to be able to read that kind of thing and i'm very excited to read counterpoint by anna Zabo. that is the title of the book and the name of the author in case you were looking for it, Counterpoint by Anna Zabo. And I forgot to look for what the series is called. If it's called something, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember either. I'm so sorry. Um, Twisted Wishes. Twisted Wishes. Yay. Yeah. Oh, you're the best. Good job, Jess. I, I, um, I do what I can. All right. What else are you excited about in 2018? I'm really excited. Don't about- forget to name that. 
don't forget to name the book. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to name the book, and you're going to be very confused because it sounds kind of similar to the other book that I just named, but it is called A Duke in Disguise <laughs> Oh, <laughs> by, right. by Kat Sebastian. Um, it's coming out in November. The cover was just revealed uh, a few weeks ago, maybe even just a couple weeks ago, and a, it's a beautiful cover because Avon and Cat Sebastian, some kind of way, just like work magic. Also, the a Duke by default um, cover is magical, slightly oh, more yeah. magical um, than this one, but they're both really great. And this one, um, A Duke in Disguise, is the second Regency Imposters book. The first one was Unmasked by the Mar- Marquis. Um, and this one is a male-female romance, which is Cat Sebastian's first published male-female romance. Um, and it is about a publisher who wants nothing more than to print her scandalous novels. Um, sure. And she accidentally winds up falling in love with a handsome illustrator who ends up being the heir to a dukedom. So there you go. A Duke in Disguise by Cat Sebastian, a man and a woman, her first together. Um, and I I am excited about this book because it's a writer and an illustrator. I don't really care what makeup of gender it is because we've discovered that Cat Sebastian is pretty good with whatever you throw at her. So A Duke in Disguise by Cat Sebastian. Good job remembering <laughs> to name the book on multiple occasions. Um, I So I actually recently read another book that's coming out uh, by Christina Lauren, who I think we've talked about a few times on the show. Mm-hmm. It's called Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating. Um, and it is a contemporary rom-com, as is often the case with Christina Lauren. Uh, and uh, this one is – so it's coming out in September. Um, and mark your calendars. Uh, it's – the thing that I really like about this book, and there's an element, I think, of your mileage may vary mm-hmm. because there are – so I really, really like it. I think that um, the characters are lovely. Hazel – so it's is, is not a surprise because the title is Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating. Mm-hmm. The characters are Josh and Hazel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Josh is a um, – he's a doctor and he's, you know, like – kind of low-key and so they knew each other in college and hazel is i don't even want to say eccentric because it almost that kind of makes her almost more one-dimensional than she is and Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that i really appreciate about this book is that she's actually multi-dimensional and she gets to be and do a lot of different things and it's never weird or other or just for somebody else's entertainment she just is kind of a unique and interesting personality Mm -hmm. and the thing that i really love about josh is that I don't remember a whole lot of things about Josh, except that he is always completely into Hazel. Like, (laughs) there's never a, like, she has to overcome the fact that he thinks she's weird. Like, he's just always, even when he's her TA, and she's, like, high on painkillers and sends him a note, he's just all in all the time. Like, he just thinks she's lovely always. Oh, man. And she she actually is lovely always. My first, like, note that I have in this entire book is, is when she's talking about her best friend's husband and she says he's almost seven feet tall, mm-hmm. which she knows because she measured him with uncooked spaghetti one night. <laughs> it's just like this parenthetical that she just has in there, you know, just telling people that you measure people with uncooked pasta. 
as one does in Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating by Christina Lauren. Uh, so there's just such a comfort between the two of them all the time. Like, they're just so comfortable together, even when they're not dating, even when they're trying to set each other up with other people. And it is the kind of niceness that I am just very, very drawn to and I think is lovely. Um, so Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating, again, by Christina Lauren, is a lovely book coming out in September. Another really lovely book coming out in September is Intercepted by Alexa Martin. Uh, you may have heard people talk about it on a podcast, like One in Romance, today, another day, who knows. That book is really going to sell. Berkeley should send you a check. I mean, now it might. It probably didn't two weeks ago when I forgot to name it. All right. You want to do one more or you want to call it? Um, you know, I could do one more. All right, go for it. Okay. Um, This one will be brief. I am really excited about another book that I have a copy of, but I haven't read yet, but I should read it, but I don't want to read it until closer to its release date, which has been pushed back almost two months, and I don't know why, and no one knows why, and the author won't tell us, and we're all stressing out, but I am really excited. Oh my God, the suspense is real. (laughs) About... Jasmine Guillory's The Proposal, because mm -hmm. I absolutely adored Carlos in The Wedding Date, and I am really glad that he is getting his own book. Um, And the premise of this book sounds absolutely fascinating. The heroine um, gets proposed to at a baseball game by a boyfriend that she hasn't had very long, who apparently can't spell her name right. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I guess it'll probably shows up shows up on the board spelled incorrectly because that's always what happens. Um, Yikes! And then Carlos rescues her, and they have a nice little rebound romance. But it's a rebound, so it's not supposed to go anywhere. But guess what? This is a romance novel, so something's going somewhere. Oh um, yeah! And I did not intend for that to be um, suggestive, but you know, um, why not? <laughs> So, yes, I am very excited for The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory, which I will probably read sometime in the not-so-near future, if I'm honest with myself. It's called The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory, you say? (laughs) The Proposal by by Jasmine Jasmine Guillory. Guillory. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, And I will wrap up by saying um, I just bought a book yesterday called The Coyote's Bride by Holly Trent. It just came out this week. I don't really know anything about it other than uh, there's a coyote and a bride and you have said so many wonderful things about holly trent that i feel like i'm overdue um so i'm very excited about that the other thing i will say is that i am pretty sure i'm about to fall headfirst into a uh penny reed readathon Ooh. um that's not a pun it's just like her name so i don't know uh so she is coming out um so she came out so i still have not read marriage of uh inconvenience because Mm -hmm. as we talked about before i was very stressed out about the fact that it is the last book in uh her knitting in the city series Mm -hmm. um but i'm about to actually go well in about a month i'm going on a trip actually no in about a month i was going to say when we're recording our next episode but that's not true in about a month i'm going on a trip to north carolina and tennessee and when we do i'm going to reread uh her um books that are set in her winston brothers series that's set in tennessee and dr strangebeard uh which is coming out next week so actually maybe the day that this podcast comes out i think so um, i think you're right oh my gosh i'm so excited okay i'll pull it back like 
Penny Reed is allowed to, I was going to say books usually come out on Tuesdays, but Penny Reed's a, an indie published author and she's allowed to do whatever she wants. Whatever she wants. Um, and I actually have an advanced copy of this book and started reading it. And then I was like, I, I don't know. Should I wait? Should I keep reading? It's amazing so far. I don't know what to do. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Uh, Dr. Strangebeard by Penny Reed is coming out. It's great. Um, and I'm still one book behind in the Hooker and the Hermit series, uh, which is not called that. It's called the Rugby Player series. So anyway, <laughs> when I read Penny Reed, like that's all I read for like a month. Uh. So I'm pretty sure that that will be, I would say, late August through September for me. So be prepared uh, on future episodes of Wedding and Romance to only hear about that everyone i don't know i mean i'm excited i love penny reed and i have i have only read like a third of her books so maybe i should keep going um i i am incredibly excited for um dr strangebeard because the winston brothers is the third that i have read so yeah the winston brothers is uh, amazing. And also, but here's the thing. She does like kind of a time jump. Mm. She does like a five year forward or so time jump, Ooh. which, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I wasn't ready for it, but now I'm like excited about it now that I'm used to it. Cause I read it. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to have to talk more about it, but not today because, uh, you know, I have to get back to Intercepted by Alexa Martin, um, which is the book that I'm reading right now that I'm very excited about. What book are it's you a reading, player. Trisha? Oh, it's called Intercepted. It's by Alexa Martin. It's coming out in September. I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm like 100 pa- I'm probably a third of it in by now. It's, there's a football player uh, who is dreamy and lovely, and I think um, it's going to be great. So That's I don't exciting. Know. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up, let people get back to their lives it's, at this point. It's probably a good idea. Probably a good idea. So um, where can people find you, Trisha? Oh, man. They can find me reading Intercepted by Alexa Martin. Um, I am on Twitter at Trisha underscore reads, and I am on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. Those are two good places where uh, they can find me. And Where can they find you, Jess? They can find me on Twitter as well at Jess is reading and on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. Well, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for, uh, thank you to Book Riot um, for sponsoring the show. Find Recommended, and particularly find that episode um, with Alicia Rye recommending Sonali Dove, but find all of the episodes, of course. Yes. Uh, and thanks to um, Bolt by Angel Payne, or it wasn't Bolt, it was the new one, right? Ignite. Um, Ignite, sorry. <laughs> but also read Bolt by Angel Payne. <laughs> so thanks for them for to them for sponsoring the show also. Uh, and thanks to uh, Intercepted by Alexa Martin for existing and, and letting me talk about it. <laughs> and don't forget to um, go try and win those YA novels. Yes. Or, and, so that you can, and nonfiction. It's not fiction and nonfiction. So there's yeah. that too. Yeah. All of the YA. Yeah. Um, and we're sorry for keeping you long, but we're actually not that sorry. No. Uh, you could have stopped at any time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. We know who we are at this point. We're 14 episodes in. We do. Um, but we are very grateful to all of you who are listening and uh, responding and sending us messages. And um, so thank you all for listening to the show. And thank you, Jess, for spending some time with us today. And thank you, Trisha, for telling us about... What was that book again? Oh, it's called Intercepted. It's by Alexa Martin. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks to you all for listening. And happy reading. Happy reading, everybody. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.